His question is, uh, we hear these terms, uh, somebody is fully enlightened and somebody isn't fully enlightened, somebody is half enlightened. And if they were truly enlightened, then they would have the same perspective. Which is exactly what every unenlightened person feels. Which is exactly what the struggle is. They think that after you're enlightened, um, all people who are at, at your level would all think alike. People who are still seekers search for absolute rules in everything. Every river eventually merges in the ocean, right? But there is not just one ocean on, on earth. There, are, there is more than one. My geography is not very good. I don't know, five or seven, whatever there are. There are more oceans than one. And somewhere, even they connect. So ultimately the merger is there. As far as fully enlightened, half enlightened, there is nothing like that. And there is no way of proving whether someone is enlightened or not. If somebody says, I'm enlightened, half the world will say, you're definitely not enlightened. <laughs> because an enlightened person would never say that he or she is enlightened. How do you tell them? You just imply with little words here and there. I mean, how would you prove them? Because if somebody asks you, are you enlightened? If you say, yes, I am, they say, you're definitely not enlightened. <laughs> if you tell them, oh, you had a vision, this, you're not enlightened. Because vision if, means hallucination. You're still hovering or, or struggling somewhere on the lower plane. You're not fully enlightened, they, they tell you. Which is to say is that they actually know what enlightenment is. You can only judge somebody's, let's say a, a student has uh, written a paper, you can only mark whether they have written right or wrong if you yourself know the answer first. If you don't know the answer, how do you possibly tell some, that whether somebody is saying the truth or somebody is saying the truth from their angle? Maybe it's not the truth, but they think it's the truth. So as Buddha would say, when people would ask him, uh, let's say, difficult questions or abstract questions, he would say, uh, tell me something. If somebody shoots you with a poisoned arrow, what would you do first? Would you take the arrow out? Or would you go running in the direction, finding out who shot him? What is more important, he would say. And naturally, any sane person would say, well, it's important to pull the arrow out first rather than finding out who shot it. He said, well, that's the point. You have been shot with arrows of poison, arrows, you know, laced in poison of all that, uh, maybe guilt, resentment, negativity, ego, anger, and so on. He said, Let's take them out first before we worry about is there God, is there soul? He called these questions achintya, beyond comprehension, beyond discussion, beyond reflection. So many gurus over the last hundred or a couple of hundred years have really 
some gurus not not obviously all some gurus have created this term called enlightenment and have given it undue uh, credit undue importance and unrealistic uh, value which really confuses the seeker why because seeker thinks one day i will arrive at some moment that before that moment i would be called uh, unenlightened and after that moment i would be called enlightened it does not work that way in my books i'm also responsible for giving that impression when i talk about my vision of mother divine i somehow inadvertently conveyed to the user to the reader that that before that my i was a certain way and after that i was a certain way what i actually meant to say that my life changed forever after that experience that i was no longer seeking anything on my spiritual path i had stopped seeking on the material path long before then that even on the spiritual path now i was no longer seeking anything else at all but i persisted with my sadhana because i as i perceived i wanted to complete that dimension and i wanted to honor my own word that i would sit for 150 days and do that particular sadhana but the impression it gave to many readers is the day you have a vision you're all done maybe maybe not and if buddha had decided on the very first day of his sadhana that i am not getting up till i'm enlightened he would have never got up, got up from that under that tree he could have waited 24 48 you know 30 whatever 96 72 whatever number of hours nothing would have happened that intense preparation of 6 years was the tipping point that led and same on on my journey that preparation of 20 plus years led me to that point where i felt i'm no longer seeking anything same happens when uh, somebody experiences deep surrender towards their ishq that i'm done i i don't i no longer seek anything anymore and if they can live in that bliss that you experience in that in that very profound divine moment they are enlightened if you put others interests before yours you're enlightened if you don't forego your compassion under any circumstances you're enlightened if you can read in the dark you definitely must be enlightened <laughs> so i mean how else would you say sit pragya se kaha bhasha samadhi sasya keshava sthit dirkim prabhashit ke masit prajit ke how does an enlightened person move about krishna never said that the moment you're enlightened there's going to be a tag on your forehead saying enlightened enlightened <laughs> nothing of that sort happens it is only from your conduct that we can gauge if you're truly enlightened